Today on Know the Truth from Philip DeCourcy. We must discipline our children, not out of anger, but under control. But we must discipline them out of moral necessity. They are morally delinquent. And their autonomy and their independence from God must be challenged from the earliest days. Welcome to Know the Truth. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. When it comes to parenting, many view discipline as a negative thing that stifles expression and creativity. But today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy teaches that correction and direction is absolutely essential to a child's life. We're learning about the basis of discipline, why it's needed, and when it should begin in the second part of a message titled, Keeping Dennis from Becoming a Menace. If you need to catch up, you can find it at ktt.org or on the KTT app. Here's Philip. Well, we're going to continue to look at a number of principles in this second attempt to cover the material of Proverbs on raising our children for God's glory. Now, we started to look at the issue of discipline under a number of headings. First of all, the basis of discipline. We're going to come back and look at that right now. And then before we're done, we're going to look at, secondly, the beginning of discipline, and we'll leave the rest of the message for another day. But we started to look at the basis of discipline. The book of Proverbs on a number of occasions encourages both parents to exercise their God-given responsibility to get involved in the correcting and the directing of their children. We saw from our last study that this was an authority and an assignment that God endowed um, to parents. It is not um, something the state gives to us or the state can take from us. God established the home before there was a government, even before there was a church. The home is critical to the well-being of society and the health of the church. And God has said to each and every parent in each and every home, I'm giving you these children on loan. Here's the assignment. Train them up in the way they should go. It's a wonderful assignment. It's a scary assignment. But we should give ourselves to the hard and happy work of raising our children. There is a basis to discipline in our children. It is a God-given responsibility, clearly declared in the Word of God. And that's why, by the way, as a footnote, we need to see any attack upon spanking by the secular society as a thinly disguised attack upon parental authority. And parents have every reason to be alarmed because anti-spanking advocates are mobilizing in greater numbers in our country and across the world, and they are bent, and I mean bent, uncommitted to removing corporal punishment from society. I've visited some of their websites just this past week. Do you know that smacking is already banned in Sweden, Finland, Denmark, Norway, Austria, Cyprus, Croatia, and Latvia? Canada is considering a ban, England, Germany, Italy, Belgium, and the Republic of Ireland. Have your antenna up, because the basis of discipline, biblically speaking, is being eroded and undermined. 
God has given us a role and a responsibility to train our children. And part of the training may include physical punishment, corporal punishment. Now, we started to look at that from two perspectives. Why should we discipline our children? Why should we carry out this biblical mandate, this God-given role? Number one, because of depravity on the child's part. And they are born by nature children of wrath. And beneath that disarming smile lies a monster, a moral Frankenstein, a potential juvenile delinquent. Proverbs 22, 15, very clear. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And we define foolishness as, as moral disobedience. And the rod has been given to drive it from him. We saw in uh, Proverbs 29, verse 15, that a child left to himself will not make right choices because they have a broken compass we call a heart. No, a child left to himself, uncorrected, undisciplined, will bring shame to his mother. And so we must discipline our children. They don't have a free will other than they are free to carry out the dictates of a heart and a will that's bound to sin. Men are free in the sense they are free to sin, and that is all. Their heart is bound up in foolishness. They do not seek after God. They will not naturally find Him nor seek Him. And left to govern themselves, they will wreak havoc and harm. We started to apply that. One application was that reminds us then of the goal of discipline. The goal of discipline is to confront our children's natural tendency to believe and behave independent of God. Spanking is more than a behavioral modification technique. It is the confronting of a child's autonomy. It is bringing that child under God's authority through the parent's authority. It is reminding that child through pain that there is a cause and effect relationship between disobedience and punishment. It is awaking the child's conscience to the consequences of um, disobedience. Al Mohler in an excellent article on spanking, says this. He's the president of Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He says this, Modern advocates of timeouts and similar forms of discipline miss the essential point that God intends spanking to underline, the cause and effect relationship of disobedience and punishment. Spanking is judicial in the sense that it is not the result of a parental loss of temper nor a parent's whim, but of moral necessity. We must discipline our children, not out of anger, but under control. But we must discipline them out of moral necessity. They are morally delinquent. And their autonomy and their independence from God must be challenged from the earliest days. But there was a second application we didn't get to as we thought about depravity on the child's part. Number two, not only the goal of discipline to, to confront the child's autonomy, but the necessity of it. The necessity of it is, is um, found in the fact that the child is incapable of governing himself. This is a generation giving too much credit to children. 
far too much autonomy to children. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 and verse 15, a child left to himself, a child given over to himself will bring shame to his mother. Proverbs tells us that a hands-off, permissive approach to parenting is a recipe for disaster. Parents, sadly even Christian parents, are buying into this silly notion, this naive idea that you'd, it's better not to force your children to go to church. It's better not to press biblical teaching upon their conscience. It's better to let them in their own time and in their own way find their way to God. But there's a problem with that. In fact, there's three problems with that. Number one, it flies in the face of the clear mandates of the Bible. We have read them. Do not withhold correction from your child. It's a clear violation of the Word of God. Number two, this kind of thinking that you kind of let the child do its own thing is an approach that is blind to what we've already talked about, the depravity and enslavement of the heart of the child. Our child is born a slave to sin. A child is born with a love of self, not of God. And that must be confronted and corrected. The child is incapable morally of finding its own way to God. It must be directed, disciplined, tutored. And then thirdly, on a practical level, I think that approach, this hands-off approach, presupposes that our culture is neutral. Friend, if you're not going to influence your child, do you believe that nobody else is going to influence your child? If that's your view, you must have bumped your head very severely this week on some doorpost, and you don't realize you're confused. This is not a world that is a moral vacuum. This is a world that lies in the lap of the wicked one. This is a world whose philosophy is anti-God and opposes Jesus Christ. He said to his own disciples, they hated me. Don't expect them to pin medals on you. This is not a neutral context. This is a world at war. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the book of Proverbs warns you as a parent that you need to um, correct your child and direct your child to righteous ends because there are those who want to cut across the path of your child's development and entice them to sin. Look at the beginning of this, this book. This book is written by Solomon and others but Solomon primarily, as a father to his children, he says in verse one, 8 of chapter 1, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, listen up. Take heed to what we're saying, because sinners are going to entice you. That word there, entice, means to be it. It's almost an angling term. You know, Christians aren't the only fishers of men in this world. There are others who are fishing for souls. And sinners are going to entice our children, and we need to teach them not to consent. To think that if you don't influence your child, nobody else will, is to have rocks in your head. 
You better influence your child. In fact, Paul Wahlberg recently in one of his updated letters about his ministry carried the story of a recent TV broadcast in the United Kingdom when one of the world's leading spokesmen on evolution by the name of Dr. Richard Dawkins of Oxford University made these statements on British television, quote, I'm very concerned about the religious indoctrination of children. I want to show how faith acts like a virus that attacks the young and infects generation after generation. And I want to show how the scriptural roots of the Judeo-Christian moral edifice are cruel and brutish. What in the 21st century are we doing venerating a book, the Bible, that contains such stuff? He's concerned about the indoctrination of children. Not that he wouldn't indoctrinate them with naturalistic evolutionary theory, huh? Yeah, put the kid in his class and he'll not teach them anything. Just the British Church of Jesus Christ has an agenda. What nonsense. That is a clear evidence of the war that's going on. Cultural, spiritual, theological, the world of ideas. And if you think that men like Richard Hawkins doesn't have an agenda for your child, you and I need to talk for a very long time. Because your child needs to be tutored and taught those things that do not come naturally to him. And as you're doing that, you're praying all the time and working in conjunction with the Holy Spirit to bring, to see a work of God brought about in the life of your child. Listen, it is the Christian parent's duty and delight to inoculate and indoctrinate, I'm not frightened of that word, to indoctrinate their children against the world and towards eternal things. Lois and Eunice did it. Paul said of Timothy, that young preacher, you have known the Scriptures from you were a child. He was indoctrinated. The Word of God was poured into his heart with every spoon of food that Lewis and Lewis give to that child. It is the parent's responsibility and role to give his children the right answers to the tough questions even before the children begin to ask them. Life will provide plenty of opportunities for those right answers to be tested. The tragedy comes when children are thrust out into this life with nothing more than questions by parents who have no backbone to say, you know what, here's how the world works from a biblical Godward perspective. And I lay the challenge before you, my son and my daughter, put it to the test. Take it on a road test. Test these answers that your father and your mother are giving them and see if they're not true. A man once argued with the English poet Samuel Coleridge, about the place of religious instruction in parenting. He said this quite firmly, I don't think parents should indoctrinate their children with religion. And this has been the mantra across the ages. Instead, he said, they should give their children the freedom to make their own choices. Well, Coleridge did not say a word, but he invited his friend to come into his backyard to take a look at his garden. When they got there, the visitor exclaimed, this is no garden, it's a patch of overgrown weeds. Coleridge replied, well, it used to be a garden, but I decided to give it the freedom to become whatever it chose to be. I didn't want to interfere with my garden. You get the point? Same with our children's hearts. 
You've got to plow the heart and re-sow it because its natural seed is to wickedness, waywardness. And so you need to discipline your child. There's a basis for it. The depravity of the child's heart. Secondly, the devotion of the parent's heart. According to the book of Proverbs, discipline is not an evil. It's not even a necessary evil. (laughs) It is a necessity in the light of evil. And it is actually an act of love towards our children. We love them enough when we spank them, when we discipline them to a point of pain. We love them enough to stand in their way. Lest, through an accumulation of mistakes left unchecked, by a permissive parent, they go on to make a more critical error that leads to the ruination of their life. Look at this verse, Proverbs 13, 24. It can't be any clearer than this. It just sits on the surface of the text. He who spurs his rod hates his son. Isn't that interesting? He who spurs the rod hates his son. Now, now conventional wisdom today says, Put the rod away. That's archaic. It belonged to a brutish age. Man is evolving. We're we're moving towards a gentler, kinder view of things. Our children are not evil. Our children are good. And, and, And set in the right circumstances, they'll do the right thing. So put that rod away. If you love your child, put it away. The Bible says, no, bring it out. If you love your child, put it away if you hate them. Wow. The Bible can get you into trouble. I hope you know that. He who spurs his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Let's go back to chapter 3 just to reinforce this thought. Solomon is speaking to his own son again, giving him counsel. He says, my son, do not despise the chastening. There's our word again, the discipline. Talks about punitive punishment. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. Solomon is saying, Son, when I discipline you, I do it as a loving father. I'm actually mirroring and manifesting the very character of God because God disciplines those whom he loves. God is not a permissive parent. God is not a pushover. We've got this kind of grandfatherly image of God. No, God stands in the way of His children. And when you and I head down a path of disobedience, you and I need to know, as the book of Proverbs says, the way of the backslider is hard because God will make it hard. And if you've been feeling the strokes of God, He did it for your good because God wants you to come back to Him and reestablish your relationship with Him. He loves you enough to pain you because hell is a painful place. Better some temporary discipline than eternal discipline. And so here we have this fact. You and I have a basis for discipline in our children. Number one, they are sinners and need to be corrected. Number two, we understand that and therefore we love them enough to stand in their way because they have destructive tendencies bound up in their heart. Spanking or corporal punishment is a proof of a parent's love because the parent knows, because they've lived long enough to know it, there is a price to disobedience. There's no bargain sins in God's universe. And therefore, they want to save their children for perhaps some of the pain that they went through because of their disobedience. 
And so they loved them enough to say, you know what? I'm not going to let you do that. And some of them may out of experience say, because I did that. Let me tell you what it costs. And what I'm about to do to you is a small price to pay to save you from that kind of heartache. A parent who doesn't punish their children with the rod occasionally and when necessary shows a shameful lack of concern. I'm sorry to say that. If you disagree with me, I have to say, as far as the Bible is concerned, if you don't use a rod on your child, you're showing a shameful lack of concern for your child. And you're putting your child in harm's way. You've bought into a worldly model that you need to repent of. How can you love your child not, uh, and not hate the sin that is in them and upon them and that needs to be confronted how can you care for your child and let the weeds of sin overgrow their hearts, bringing a harvest of corruption? By the way, as I reflected on this, I'm sure you as a parent have found this. Isn't it rather strange that when you find yourself at that point where you're about to discipline your children, that that's when they want to express their love for you? You ever find that? Oh, Daddy, oh, Daddy, have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> I love you, Daddy. Well, that's great. And I love you too, so bend over. <laughs> because I love you enough to confront your sin. I, I, I need to sit on these destructive patterns of behavior that God needs to eradicate by a work of His Spirit. I need to remind you, you're not autonomous. That if you give free rein to this disobedient, wayward heart of yours, hell is your destiny. Heartache will be my experience and a life of sorrow yours. So I love you too much to spur because of your crying. We are not to hold back because of our children's tears because in the long run, we are saving them from a lot more tears. And you know what? There'll come a day, it won't, it won't happen when it's happening, but there'll come a day when your child will say, you know what, Dad, I'm thankful for what you did. This is Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy in the second part of a message called Keeping Dennis from Becoming a Menace. If you tuned in late today or would like to revisit an earlier segment of this multi-part lesson, just visit our website at ktt.org. There you'll find many other faith-building resources like Philip's Truth Matters devotional, which points believers to clear biblical truth for everyday living. Well, as we heard from Philip today, discipline is vital to children if they are to grow into successful adults. And as God's children who desire to grow into mature Christians, we also need the correction and direction of God in our lives. And we get that through His Word. That's why each day at Know the Truth, our mission is to share the gospel with a world in need of truth through clear and bold biblical teaching. And it's the financial support of listeners like you that allows us to do this ministry work, reaching men and women all over the world for Jesus Christ. So, would you give a donation of any amount or sign up to give monthly as one of our Truth Ambassadors? You can call 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. And to express our gratitude for your generous gift, we'll send you the book, What God Wants Every Dad to Know. Based on Proverbs, this book will equip fathers to lead their children to live each day faithfully, guided by the wisdom God provides on topics such as finances, anger, sexuality, work, relationships, and much more. We'll also invite you to send a copy of Philip's encouraging book, Take Cover, to a friend of your choice. 
This book encourages readers to find peace in God's protection regardless of circumstances. And both resources are yours when you call and give 888-644-8811 or visit ktt.org. Now, before you go, be sure to connect with us on social media. You'll find us on most platforms when you search for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us tomorrow as we continue today's message titled, Keeping Dennis from Becoming a Menace. That'll be Thursday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free.